0: and welcome to another episode episode 199 wow the podcast.com. so next one is the big one the big 200 and we got to figure out something something fun to do on that one and our uh,
1: bicentennial show
0: our bicentennial show i feel that old sometimes (laughs) we were going to do q a today but given what's happened over the weekend and end of last week with uh Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, we wanna kind of change the topic a little bit from Q&A to to this because with investing, including real estate investing, money matters. And the majority of our money, and I'm gonna say 99.9% of our money is going to hinge, whether we're com- it's coming from a private investor or not, it's going to hinge on interest rates, what the current interest rates are. And that has to do with, with what the Fed sets as the interest rate and what the Fed uh, decides is going to happen, clicking these interest rates up. We've gone up five points in a year on our interest rates because they have been trying to slow down inflation and trying to stave off a recession that is already here.
1: Yeah, I, lo- I love the. Uh, we're gonna stave off inflation by creating inflation. That's yeah. I'm, okay, I'm I'm following that.
0: And if you guys have been following these two banks that are shut down, okay, uh, Silicon Valley Bank last week and Signature Bank over the weekend, the reason these banks shut down, is simple. Okay, yes, they were mismanaged, and. No, they weren't mismanaged. They were run by banks, okay, mm-hmm. like banks, and they unfortunately have lots of long term investments. And when the Fed cranked up the interest rates and cranked up the interest rates on discount loans, and that's how that's how banks get their money. They get a discount from the Fed, they borrow the money from the Fed, and then they lend it to whoever qualifies for their loans. Yep. These interest rates clicked up to the point that they did not have enough money on their balance sheet to balance out. You know, Bill uses that that example of of, of lady justice with those, those scales, okay? The bank is the same way. There has to be some sort of a balance at some point. They're taken from one side, but they're adding to the other side. They're taken from one side, they're adding to the other side. And it may go like this, but in the end, it's still in the middle and it's still balanced out. What happened was they kept taking and taking and taking and it just flattened out. So did the bank fail? Did they lose all their money? No, they didn't. It's all based upon loans. They had more extended in loans that are still receivables as far as they're concerned than they have sitting in the bank. And a lot of the depositors made runs on their money. 90% of the deposits in Silicon Valley Bank are over a million dollars. That is significant in that they're not covered by FDIC insurance, which is only up to $250,000. Now, Monday, the administration announced that all of the money, not just the money that's guaranteed by FDIC, will be covered and guaranteed by the United States government, and it will not come out of taxpayer dollars. We'll see how that works. I don't know of anything in this administration that doesn't come out of taxpayer Pockets, to be honest.
1: Well, and and you know, we mentioned this the other day. The end of June, June 30th, which happens to be a Friday. If you pay attention to bank stuff, always happens over a weekend. uh, And June 30th is the date that the banks are going to switch off of LIBOR accounting system, and there's going to be a lot more failures that happen because of that. And more and more people are going to see. Yeah, um, things like the, the Silicon Valley Bank people saw where they went online or they went to their ATM. And they said, I'm sorry, the system is unavailable at the moment. This is what happens when you have an electronic-based banking environment. So, you know, we've been, and I say that because the government's pushing hard for us to get away from paper money and coin money to go solely electronic. When we go solely electronic, Whatever bit of freedom that we have right now, we will have given voluntarily over to the government because they will be able to cut your money off. If you think I'm kidding, look at what Canada did when they had the the Freedom Convoy last year of the truckers coming across Canada. They went in and froze all of their accounts. They canceled all their insurance and they just economically put the screws on them where they had to be able to move uh, and- Not
0: just froze their accounts; yeah. they seized their assets. Yeah. They seized any uh, any asset that was electronically connected. They literally seized it, just because they had the gall to stand up to their government. And yeah. that and is where, yeah, that is where we are headed right now. And that's that's getting a little off topic. Um, the point but we if- wanted to make, and we're going to lead into this is it ties into the topic though it does it does tie, it ties into the topic and it's important that you understand that what i was getting to right now actually if you have money in the bank right now and i i mentioned that over 90 percent of the depositors had over a million dollars in deposits in in silicon valley bank if you've got that million dollars on deposit now I understand why a lot of them have it there because they're startups. It's there for uh, payroll. It's there for equipment. It's there for different banks. But if as an investor, you're sitting with money in the bank, it is not working for you. And you have right now a very real risk in America of losing that money. If you have a million dollars and your bank goes belly up and it's not one of these two banks, you could be stuck with, $250,000 out of that a million dollars or more that you're going to get that's guaranteed from your insurance. Isn't it better to put that money to work for you? Maybe you don't know how to invest in real estate. Maybe you need to learn to do that. Start learning how to do that. Take that money out and start investing it in other investors who know what they're doing. Start lending it to other investors. Put that money to work for you. Do not have that sitting in a risk situation. Now, a lot of a lot of what you're going to hear and what you have been hearing is these are the biggest bank failures since Washington Mutual 15 years ago. Now, most of you are old enough to remember Washington Mutual was a huge bank. It was a very significant bank with, with branches coast to coast. If Washington Mutual can fail in this manner, these are just the first two ones. It's usually the small guys that fall first. Silicon Valley Bank was bank, was 16th, the 16th largest bank in America. That's still pretty significant, you know? Yeah, they went from a net worth of billions of dollars to millions of dollars, literally in the course of 48 hours. Your yeah. money is sitting in an institution not working for you, and it could be working for you, and it is now at risk, not just of not making you the amount of money that it could be making you, but of being lost altogether. Now, we're going to switch gears a little bit, but we're still staying on theme when we come back from our second second segment, and we're going to talk about private money, and we're going to talk about if you've got money sitting in the bank, how you should consider maybe being one of these private money lenders. And we'll be back in just a second. And we're back in... Bill had a whole section, a whole segment that he actually had planned just in case we weren't going to do Q and A for one of the shows on private money. So I'm going to kick it over to him because this plays exactly into what we were just talking about. And we're not trying to bend your arm and twist your arm and make you decide to be a private money lender. Bill and I don't have our hands up saying, "Hey, give us your money." This is something that is very apropos. We decided to do the show on this because of what happened last week and what happened over the weekend. So, Bill, I'm going to toss, toss the ball to you.
1: So when you look at private money, um, or, let me switch a little bit. When you look at having money sitting in the bank and, and it's gaining zero interest or the equivalent of zero, you know, you're, you're getting a quarter percent, a half percent, one or two percent, doesn't matter. That's pretty much zero. Um, what most people will think about is that interest they earn in the bank, even if they're getting two percent, on their money market, that money is taxable. So by the time they pay their taxes, they're actually losing money, having money sitting in the bank. Now, a lot of people for the years have thought, well, but it's safe. Well, you wanna have it in some form of hard assets. Yeah, we believe in gold and silver. Absolutely we do. Uh, But you also wanna look at real estate as a hard asset to be able to have funds in And as rates go up, most of the time when you are lending funds to a private investor who is a real estate investor, and you're providing the money for them to go out and do deals, these typically are shorter term notes. So you don't have to worry about getting caught up in fluctuating interest rates and going, oh, I loaned my money out at 10 when I could be getting 12 or um, whatever. During the Carter administration, I have paid as high as 18 percent for money 18 percent for secured money we're not talking about credit card money we're talking about secured loans as high as 18 because that was the interest rate environment at the time so it's still going to be a environment where they're going to push rates and create more inflation, um, and we won't get into all of that, uh, why that's happening, but it does not, it has never worked that you slow down inflation by creating more inflation, which is what rising interest rates do, and so you want to look at, if I'm concerned about bank failures, or I have more than 250 in an institution, then where do I go? I would be very cautious about going into the stock market because the stock market reacts instantly to bad news. Bank failures are bad news. The real estate market reacts much, 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 much slower. It may take months for a piece of bad news to affect the interest rate market. Could mortgages go up today? A half a point. Certainly. But how big of the market segment does that really impact? Well, if you're not buying a home, it doesn't impact you so directly. So what you want to look at is I have the ability to have a secured asset. So if I'm working with an investor who is out doing property, I'm providing the private money, I can go in and look, I caution investors about squeezing their money source out of a point or two. Yeah, I have investors all the time, <clears throat> excuse me, that'll come to me and go, well, Bill, I, you say, give them 12 and a half or give them 12. I can get that money for 10. I can get it for maybe even eight. And I'm like, yeah, you sure can. And I can walk in right behind you and I can take that investor from you. I can take that private money from you and they won't leave me to go back to you because I'm paying them 12 or 12 and a half and I'm going to promise them, look, if I'm paying you 12, I'm not gonna ask for you to take 10. I'm not gonna ask for you to take eight. I'm going to commit to this interest rate. And when this deal is over and we do the next deal or we do multiple deals, I'm gonna keep giving you that rate, even if I could give you cheaper money or get cheaper money because I want that relationship. I want that dependability. I want to be able to grow my business knowing that I've got X number of private dollars available to me. And so we break the business down into to two basic aspects that affect every side of the real estate business that you're in, and that's money and offers. That's the key to this business. So the money side of it, when I want to go talk to people about private money and you're talking about an incredibly prime time when you've got news like this, Breaking all over the country about wow, here's this major bank. Now we got two, and we're likely we'll have more through the course of the week. And in June, when we go off a LIBOR, we're going to have a significant number of bank failures. And so take that anything at above 250, take it and move it into a hard asset. So you got gold, silver, real estate. Pretty much it. Pretty much it. Stock is not a hard asset. So nope. <laughs> take a look at that. And I've got a direct lien. If I'm providing the money, I have a direct lien on the property. And it's easy for you to say, Hey, I want first position. You just have to provide enough money to be in first position. So I can go second position and have a higher interest rate, or I can go 12% being first. I might go and be in second, but I want to be able to be in a position as the home buyer, as the investor that I've got dependable funds as a lender. And I do private money myself as does Kevin, where we loan out private money. We make sure that we're in a good position. I really have to trust the person if I'm going to be in second, I don't have to trust the person to be in first. I have to trust the deal and make sure that they've got plenty of spread in the deal. If I'm not in first position, if I'm in first, if it's a decent deal, I'm not worried about it. So they can put whatever they want to second, third, they can have five, six, doesn't matter. Because if I foreclose, I wipe out everybody else. If somebody else wants to come in and foreclose, they pay me off. I'm okay with that too. So private money for real estate is a fabulous alternative for parking your money at a great rate of return and to get safety because you're in a hard asset. Is it foolproof? No, but is the government foolproof? Well, we've been seeing that for the entire administration. Fool, yes, Uh, foolproof, no. Uh, And this is gonna get worse. Yeah, the economic impact of the decisions of the administration are going to continue to hurt you. I mean, it ain't hurting them. It's not hurting the wealthy. It's hurting us, the middle America, upper middle America, blue class, blue collar, white collar, people that still work for a living, whether we're investors or whether we have a job, people that still create funds by what we do, not by purely just sitting on money, Those are the people that are going to get hurt. So make sure that you have an opportunity to consider the things that are going on. Now, we're up on break. When we get back, we'll look at some of the pros and cons. But the biggest pro right now is safety because you're in a hard asset. And hard assets intrinsically have some value no matter what's going on in the economy.
0: We'll be right back. And we're back, and you know, one of the things I wanted to point out real quick, and by the time you guys watch this podcast, you've probably already seen it, Biden was up right? saying that, and I'm not saying the investors in the bank should be bailed out, right? We we can see where our investors I've essentially said, uh, no investors in the bank are going to be covered. If they lose their money, they lose their money, that's capitalism, that's the way it goes, okay? And like I said, we're investors. We understand that when we invest in something, there is a risk, and they understand that that is a risk as well. And again, I don't think the investors should be bailed out, but listen to the language of our administration and understand where their heads are when they are condemning investors for being capitalist and investing in the bank because it failed and saying, well, well it's too bad. That's the way it goes. When they are raising taxes on people, who take advantage of the capitalist system and who are making money, and they are giving that money to big government and to entitlements, well, there are, that's what to ourselves of. Another program is to understand whatever the administration, our administration that speaks like that. You understand what the to and I just wanted to say that. I really wanted to point that out. Listen to language. I'm going to toss it back to Bill because Bill's going to talk about a couple of different ways for us to hedge our investments, okay, so that we're not going to lose them. If, if this money gets lost, it's lost. It's gone. Ask a lot of people who invested in uh, bankman a bankman fried scam, okay? Ask a lot of people who have invested in some different things that have gone. They have lost all, all of their money. They're not going to get it back. So, yeah. so I mean, Enron uh, in, 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 in our days. That was huge. Yeah.
1: You know? yeah. yeah. Right <laughs> down there in Houston, Enron was gigantic. So let's talk about some benefits from both sides of the game. When you're looking at, if I'm a real estate investor and I'm using private money, fast approval is one of the terrific aspects. I had mentioned this on a, a previous call, uh, a few, gosh, Three four months ago, now uh, I had an opportunity to pick up a property, but I needed to be able to close literally within 48 hours. And as good a contacts as I've got with hard money, and as good a contacts as I've got at banks, I couldn't get 48 hours done. And I knew that. I called my primary hard money source, and I'm like, "Yeah, what's the the likelihood here?" And he's like, "Dude, uh, if I've got." three to five days, I can actually slam dunk. And the guy was gonna lose the property, so it didn't, an extra day wasn't available. And he had been trying to sell it, couldn't get it sold, blah, blah, blah. And he said, this is the bare minimum I can take, which made it a very viable deal for me. And I called one of my private money sources. We had money in about three hours. That deal was done. And I mean, all the paperwork being done, the funds were transferred. Turned out to be a fabulous deal for both of us and paid the guy 12.5%. Was it worth it for me? Uh, duh. So, what's my rate of return when I go in and I'm borrowing that money and I had this of my personal money in the deal? My rate of return can't even be calculated. I have no basis. So, don't get greedy. Understand the numbers and be willing to share profit by, and I don't mean the profit on the deal, but share the money from a standpoint of I'm paying an interest rate, that's sharing some money with the private money lender. And when you put out on paper, you pencil out if I'm paying 12 or 12 and a half, as opposed to paying 10, and I got the money tied up for four or five months, When you look at the hard dollar, what the actual dollars are, they're minuscule compared to the deal. So don't be stingy. The reason that I was able to make that phone call, other deals that we've done, know that it's going to be done correctly and that I'm not going to try to squeeze. If the guy had asked me for 15 because we were in a short time frame, I would have said, hey, let's do it. So quick approval rates, quick access to funds, Also, you've got uh, the option of multiple, multiple, multiple deals. The banking environment, depending on the bank that you're with, if you're using your bank to fund your deals, and I did that for a while and went in one day to to do a deal, and they had a limit of five. Well, they didn't tell me we have a limit of five. Mm -hmm. So I went in on deal number six, and I get this surprise, well, we're going to pass on the deal. I'm like, Howard, this is one of the best deals I've had in in five or six years. This is a fabulous. He said, yeah, it's not the deal, but you're over the limit. I'm over what limit? Well, we only allow five. Now, some banks allow more than that. Um, You have to know your bank. And I said, okay, well, fine. So what did I do? Well, I went, did that privately. So my private money sources like that I have more and more and more properties, the traditional bank environment gets skittish. Oh, he's got too much. If they look at it as a house of cards deal and they don't look at it as one deal is completely independent of the next. They look at it, one deal were to go south, all of the deals would go south, which is not true in any case. So, but that's their mindset and you can't change that that's their culture. So private money becomes extremely more attractive because it's just the opposite. The more deals I'm doing, the more comfortable private money is with me and the more money they want to give me. So that's uh, one of the great things also don't have prepayment penalties. When you do hard money, depending on who you're working with, and you better understand all of that before you sign off on a hard money deal. That you want to ask them, do I have any prepayment penalties? If I do, what are they? When do they kick in? You might be surprised. Some of them are fairly severe. So you want to understand that. I don't have any prepayment penalties with private money. So if you have money in the bank, and you're looking at, you're nervous about what you're going to do with that money or if you're going to be able to do anything with that money. And look, don't kid yourself. We're seeing a mini run on the banks right now because there are people at other banks that are going, man, I'm nervous. I want to go get my cash. Um, And so that's happening all over the country and hopefully uh, not to a point that throws us into uh, a depression, we're in a recession, no matter what the, comes out of Washington, just because they want to lie to you. Don't kid yourself. You know it. When you go to the grocery store, you know that we're in a recession. If yeah. you're in the real estate industry, you know it. If you're selling uh, on the traditional side of the market, if you're in the home building environment, you know it. I'm sorry, Kevin, you were going to say something. Well, no, I was,
0: I, you're absolutely right. And, and one of the things I want to really just just point out really quick Bill and I talk about numbers all the time. We, we, we beat the numbers horse to death. One of the things we don't talk about enough is relationships and networks. And relationships and networks are the key to this business. If there's three things that you need in this business, it's, it's knowing how to understand the numbers and knowing how to do the numbers and networks and relationships. Those are your keys to success. If you have got a strong network, you've got strong relationships and you know the numbers for each one of your strategies. You know how to get to those numbers. You know how to calculate those numbers. You know which numbers represent a good deal, which numbers don't represent a good deal. You've got this locked up. It is literally, you have the keys to the vault. Um, But I I just wanted to point out because we don't spend enough time talking about networks and relationships. We have a little bit, but networks and relationships are key. And what Bill is talking about right now would not have been possible had he not had a relationship, had he not had a a network of people that he had a relationship to go out and seek these opportunities from uh, to help him be able to capitalize on the opportunities in front of him. Now, we're done with today's show. Again, Now what we're going to talk about, going to talk about uh, we will do QA and for show 201, show 200. Bill and I are going to talk about We're going to figure out something to do. Uh, maybe we're actually going to here, it the And uh, that'll be our show 200. All
1: right. Bill thanks, and everybody.
0: Before we get out of here, take care. You guys have a great one.
1: Yeah. you